What's up, y'all? It's Speed Dangerous back with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. A couple days late on this, for real, for real. Because, <clears throat> of course, I work, I work a hell of a lot, plus I'll be having other shit on my mind, but let's get into it. There have been some moves made in the NBA. Joel Embiid, he got his big payday. Luka got his payday. I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, the Sixers still haven't signed Ben Simmons. Now, I'll just start with Philadelphia right now. They locked up Joel Embiid because he is their priority. He is their franchise player. The entire thing of trust the process, everything led to drafting Joel Embiid. And he's literally been the centerpiece in there. They've been trying to get pieces around him, but other pieces have fallen short. Which brings me back to Ben Simmons. Pretty much, he peaked in his second year rookie season. And from there, things have just kind of gradually declined. Because when Ben Simmons first came into the NBA, he was labeled as the next for him. And I still have the slam cover for when he wore the same all-star jersey that he had on. So that's what he was built up to be in his rookie season before he had got injured. Then he got a redo. He won rookie of the year. And after that, things have just been bad. Like, his shooting style has gotten him nothing but bricks. Like, you're Ben Simmons. People, like, that. the Philadelphia management put their faith in you to be their next superstar. And you fall short. Now they're struggling to figure out exactly what the hell to do with him. Because they can't find an asking price for Ben Simmons. Like, say they would want, mm, I'll just say, like, $25 million for Ben Simmons. Other teams would laugh in their faces because they're like, look, dude isn't worth it. So you know what? We're going to let you keep Ben Simmons and figure out what you want to do. But honestly, I think I see Ben Simmons getting traded if they have absolutely no choice, or they could re-sign him again and give him a lesser role in the team. And granted, that's going to ruffle some feathers because Ben Simmons, he still has an ego at the end of the day. But it's like your play isn't backing up what you were billed as in, as in the first place. Like, they already locked up Embiid. Like, that's out of the way. But for Ben Simmons, it's an up-in-the-air theme. So they may resign him because no other team wants to take a chance on him. Or they may just trade him away for someone like a role player or something. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. And Naomi Akusa, I think her name is. I always mess her name up, and I'm so sorry about that because I am a fan. She actually won, came back from like, what, three three downs or something like that? And she ended up winning her first match since the French Open. And she actually did an interview, her first interview with the media in a very long time, a couple of days ago. And she was shown exactly why she doesn't talk to the media because she got a little bit emotional, you know what I'm saying, talking about a new foundation that she was planning and stuff like that. And the reporters just came came at her all types of sideways, like, you don't talk to us. What makes you think we want to, like, just dumb shit like that, like sayings that would make any person, like, get a little bit upset and bristled. And they would have so much understanding if she was white. They absolutely would, because 
let's say Maria Sharpova had the same issues that she was having. They would encourage her to get all the rest that she needed to take time for her mental health. But when it came to Naomi, they were asking, oh, well, why don't, like, why don't you just play tennis and this and this and that? Listen, she doesn't owe the media shit. She doesn't owe y'all a damn thing. Because every time she goes out and plays, you know she's giving it her all. 110%. So for y'all to even come to her, ask her any type of thing, saying like, like saying things that would kind of demean her character a little bit. Let that be your child. Or let that be someone in your family going through mental health issues. And they are one of the biggest stars in the world. Would you encourage them to keep getting their money despite how they feel? Only for it to backfire in their faces later on? Or would you want them to take that time away to get themselves together first? Then you can come back and play. Like, it's just a fucked up double standard because the media can come at certain athletes any type of way because they, listen, with how much they fuck with Serena, it was only a matter of time before they directed their attention to her because they tried so many times to catch Serena on some type of PED charge. But Miss Maria Sharpova, again... She can take a substance, an illegal substance, for 10 plus years and then claim not to know what effect it's going to have on her body, which I call bullshit on, like I said before. But one thing that I wish that she could do is just tell those reporters to go fuck themselves. Every last one of them. Go fuck yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're not in my shoes. You don't know the half the shit that I have to deal with in my head. And mental health should not be taken lightly in any way, shape, or form. Because you don't know what extent someone's mind will go to when they feel like they have no other choice but to do what they do and still put on a smiling face every time when that's not how they're feeling on the inside. Like, it's just a lot to grasp. You know what I'm saying? But I always pray for her mental health. I pray that she will be able to keep performing at the level that she is and staying away from the media is probably the smartest thing that she could do because those motherfuckers will drag you down they'll lift you up just to tear you back down and it'll get to you if you let it so i pray with everything i have that she doesn't let that shit get to her <sighs> and today i actually seen that abc is going to air a documentary about kobe Honestly, I don't know if I'm ready for it. And I don't know if I'm going to watch it or not. Because a year and change in, it still does not feel real that Kobe Bryant and his daughter are not here. And I'm like, I'm speaking from like a quote-unquote professional standpoint right now. But personally, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Because the pain is still too fresh. You have people in there that think they know certain things about Kobe because they did their research and this and this and that. But at the end of the day, you really don't know. You know, like I know they're going to have T-Mac in there. I've seen a preview with T-Mac in it and a couple other reporters and stuff like that and other, other NBA players or basketball players. So it's like it's tempting to watch 
but just knowing how my emotional state is when it comes to him now, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it because uh, him and Gianna should still be here. And I know you're not supposed to question God or anything like that, but I do question like them out of anyone you could have taken. You chose them. And Gianna still has so much life to live in her. And Kobe says she was getting she was better better than he was at the age that she was playing at. So it's just like, man, what should have been. Not even what could have been, but what should have been. Because I was so looking forward. I my hopes were so high for Gianna, it wasn't even funny. Like, I expected her to go to the WNBA. I was going to watch every game. I was going to watch the draft. I was going to watch her play at her dream school, UConn. Like, I wanted to see all of that materialize for her. And I wanted to see Kobe grow old, watching his daughters get older. I wanted to see what he would have done also. I would have wanted to see if he would have been an analyst on ESPN, which he said was never going to happen. But if he did change his mind, I would have wanted to see that. I wanted to see what more books he could have put out. I wanted to see what other movies he could have done. Like, Kobe had plans. Like, in addition to being a basketball player, he was also a businessman and a coach. So I would have wanted to see how far his team could have gone in the tournaments and stuff like that. And this is like, it's still really hard to wrap my brain around a year and eight months later. Because it's like, you're in denial. You know what I'm saying? It's like, even when I watch, like, highlights from, like, 2009, it's like I'm watching film for the next game. I'm still waiting on a tweet. I'm still waiting on an Instagram post. Like, I'm still waiting on these things that are never going to come. And I'll, I'll keep saying this. Like, I never thought that any celebrity death would hurt me like Michael Jackson's and Whitney Houston's did. Because if, if, if you know me away from Dangerous Sports Talk, you know how much I love Michael and Whitney. And those two deaths hurt me like nothing I could ever experience, aside from my mother and my aunt passing away. But losing him just tore the lid off of both of those deaths. And it's just hard, man. Like, Sometimes I'll still get emotional, like, I'll still, like, break down sometimes when I'm watching his videos and stuff like that. Like, the pain is still fresh, you know what I'm saying? And I'm shocked that I even spent this much time talking about him without breaking down in tears, but I know I have a show to do, and he would want me to tough things out and just get out what I gotta say, get the message out there. And that will wrap it up for this episode. I thank you guys all over again for your support, and I'll keep... I'll keep thanking you guys because you guys are what keep me doing what I do. Please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at TheBeDangerous. Follow the Dangerous Sports Talk Facebook page. And please follow Dangerous Sports Talk on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, and wherever podcasts are available. And I'm out of here. Peace.